stood, waiting to see what else might be had. Go, shoo, I don't have anything else. Leon, right, I'm on it. But seriously, this place is terrible. Maybe you didn't hear, but they just got hit by an earthquake. Get pretty for me, Josh. Guys, let's set up over near that hotel. She pointed to a large, partially collapsed building. The Red Cross had set up a makeshift hospital tent to one side. Surrounded by banana trees and fringed leaf palms, it would give an authentic, tropical feel to the broadcast. She knew they were one of the first crews in, and hoped to be the first to send out live feed. She confirmed the satellite link. Josh, get into makeup and get in place. Did something move inside the rubble? She looked again, but saw nothing. Trees swayed slightly, then everything settled. She heard dismayed shouts among the survivors and Red Cross workers searching the ruins. Just an aftershock. Let's get moving. We're losing the light. The air was sultry and soft. Darkness trembled at the edges of the leaves and colors had begun to fade. Josh was ready and waiting for Jennifer to cue him. He read from the prepared cards. Early yesterday morning, the island nation of Haiti was rocked by a magnitude 7.0 earthquake. You can see beside me what was once the Paradise Hotel. Survivors tell us the desolation caused by this cataclysmic event has made familiar landmarks almost unrecognizable. But they haven't lost hope their loved ones are alive under the mounds of rubble you see here, and they're digging with bare hands to free them. Jennifer heard another shout from the searchers and directed the cameraman to focus on them. Crawling from under the rubble, ghostly-looking, dust-covered survivors staggered toward the camera crew. Some walked. Others, more injured, crawled forward. Josh ad-libbed now. These intrepid folk are an inspiration. We can only hope this unexpected and joyous development will be repeated across this ravaged nation. The camera remained on the victims lurching forward, stumbling with arms out toward Red Cross workers rushing to meet them with stretchers. More continued to emerge from the ruins. Jennifer couldn't believe their luck. This footage will have real kick on the news. Maybe even award-winning kick. She moved in behind the cameraman to check the angle on the screen. The victims reached a smiling Josh, but his expression changed as the camera swung back to him. He screamed, but his screams turned to choked gurgles as dust-shrouded figures pulled him down, ripping out his throat, arterial blood spraying the camera lens. Viewers now saw the broadcast through a mist of red droplets. Jennifer screamed, Cut! Cut! But the crew was transfixed as raking nails and bloody, bared teeth tore the flesh from the reporter's body. A smell of putrefaction, strong enough to make them gag, wafted toward the crew. Jennifer turned at a sound beside her. A grinning woman in a tignon sank broken teeth into her shoulder and ripped a strip of flesh free. It burned like fire, and her screaming drew other survivors who dug into her body with eager hands. A teenage boy, teeth clacking hungrily, grabbed and devoured her intestines, while a little girl, right arm crushed and dangling, jumped and grabbed for her share. It was the last thing Jennifer saw as she died. The video showed a succession of blurred images as the cameraman and crew ran into the surrounding jungle. The audio continued to broadcast screams for some time. Horrified viewers around the world sat, stunned and shaken, not sure if what they just saw was real or a horrific hoax. 
Minutes later, near the presidential palace, a journalist reporting live was attacked by a mob of dust-covered children, their small, sharp teeth more than adequate for ripping into her jugular and then tearing the flesh from her body. The whole event was broadcast before anyone thought to cut the transmission. That night, the sound of drums filled the island. Chapter 1 Suppose all that had been forecast. Why, no one would have believed in the truth of such a nightmare tale. Sir Winston Churchill Haiti was the last thing on Virginia Dare's mind. The Wednesday after the earthquake found her running late for work. Her daughter had changed outfits twice already, and she knew if she didn't get everyone out of the house soon, she would likely change again. Darling, two minutes until we have to be in the car. Shoes on now! There was no response from upstairs. Two! Her son repeated happily, holding up two chubby...